I think play just is a great way of learning and an easier way of learning than pushing a point and putting someone under pressure if they don't get it right away. You want to transform yourself and improve your life. You long to help people. You wish to become healthier, happier, and more successful. This show is your opportunity to learn how to use hypnosis to make your life better. Each week, hypnotist Robbie Spear Miller interviews people who have already changed their lives in amazing ways with hypnosis. These models can help you discover your path to making the most of your life. If you want to learn how hypnosis can help you reach your goals, this show is for you. Hello, everybody. I'm Robbie Spear Miller, your host for the Hypnosis Show podcast. Today, we have a really fun topic, which is how to have fun while you're learning and growing and changing with hypnosis. And I have with me one of my very old, longtime colleagues, Marge Perry. She was actually on the first episode of the podcast. And so she's really awesome at making life fun and, and really laid back. And, and Marge is actually now retired. She does hypnosis now as a hobby. She lives in Colorado and has lots of fun hiking and being in nature. And when she had a a busy clinic, she was, she was uh, really great at helping clients get into that really fun mood and really curious mood that comes with having fun. So I thought that Marge would be a great person to share with us how we can add that to our work with clients. Or if you're a person who wants to use hypnosis to change yourself, how can you bring that fun to learning what you need to learn and discovering what you need to discover? So welcome, Marge. Well, thank you, Robbie. I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, it's great to have you here again. Yes. So this is a fun topic. I'm excited about it because um, uh, in my clinic, I made it uh, one of my favorite things to do is to to get into the state of mind, the mood that I felt would be helpful for the client to make the changes they wanted to make. And so before I even entered the room, I would get into that state of curiosity, that state of uh, uh actually confidence and calmness. And then I, I would, uh, basically by me getting into the right state of mind, I could get my client in the state of mind for learning. And I know you do that too. Mm -hmm. So it's really, to me, it's all about the client or the clients. So once my focus is on them and my world is behind me, because when I step into the room, everything else goes away and I'm just there looking at what they need, uh, hearing what they say a bit, and really examining where we're going to go that day and what sort of processes we'll do that'll be fun and get the person moving in the right direction. And, you know, from my own personal experience growing up, um, I I guess I'm more of an inferred learner. When I was uh, in elementary school, I was able to fake my way all the way to sixth grade and not learn how to read. My mom was a teacher. My dad was on the school board. And I'm sure they were shocked when my sixth grade teacher said, Margie can't read. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive <laughs> that you managed to not yeah. have anybody notice. Right. Because basically I looked at the pictures and I listened to what other people said and sort of agreed or whatever. I don't know how I got through. Maybe it was the number of kids in the class. 
but I really wasn't interested in reading. I was much more interested in playing, playing outside. I was on a swim team. I, I really, book learning wasn't for me at the time. But I found myself that summer, my parents enrolled me in a reading specialist program. And I kicked and screamed and I was really upset about it. And I, I guess, you know, what they say, uh, our only real learning is against our will. And this certainly was for me. And I remember going there the first day because it was ruining my whole summer that I'd have to go to this reading specialist. And there were two other kids. They were from different schools. And my teacher was amazing. He made the whole idea of reading fun. He'd flash words on the screen. He'd give us little games to put together because it was a perceptual thing because I was dyslexic, I guess. And um, over a period of six weeks, I not only learned to read at grade level, but above grade level through all of his techniques and keeping us engaged and focused and interested. And those learnings have carried through my whole life. I mean, reading is one of my favorite things to do in a pastime. So I think, you know, as far as a lot of people learn well, and I think you did with regular school and uh, the learning we get traditionally in school. But for me, I learned best from having fun and seeing how to engage people with different ways of getting information across. That's why I love hypnosis and NLP, because it's really more inductive learning than um, deductive. Mm -hmm. But it's both. Would you agree? Well, it's more real world learning. Yeah. And we're engaging all our senses. And, you know, I think even people who are good at academics, if they're given a choice and they're, and they're uh, laid back enough to be, and curious enough to be open to the choice, I think just about everybody would rather learn while they were having fun. If you had a choice. Well, I agree with that. Yes. If you have a choice, but Oftentimes, we don't get a choice in school, and that's why as we get older, we get to learn all these other things through uh, NLP, uh, hypnosis, and all these other different uh, spokes of the wheel. And uh, so for me, you know, with I think that the beauty of NLP and hypnosis and helping people learn more about themselves and getting over blocks in their life is through actually doing it, you know, getting, um, changing their physiology. And often that happens when you're doing something fun. Uh, so getting people up and moving, you know, if someone's in their head throwing a ball at them and having them uh, catch it and throw it back to you, getting them more external, any of the processes with NLP are really great in getting people into fun and uh, learning in my way of thinking. I think about, you know, how would you like to learn a strategy about getting over stress? Do you, would you like to go to a lecture and learn it? Or would you like to engage with someone and have them, have you teach them how you go into stress through what you see and hear and feel and make it a game? So, you know, what happens first, what happens second, you know, and go through the whole process until they're in that state and, 
and I step into that state as well. So I understand it. And then it's a game of, you know, once you know the sequence, teaching them that and then having them see the game is how fast can you catch it? Can you catch it uh, before you hold your breath? Or, and then how do you signal yourself to stop and then focus on what you really want or whatever that mm-hmm. is? So you're teaching them how to interrupt their, themselves or how to notice that the the uh, steps that they go through to create a problem and then how can they do it differently in a fun way? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, and, and find out what that pattern is. And, you know, the same thing with um, anchoring, you know, there's, you know, just quick little processes, but you're getting people engaged and doing it and seeing that it really works if they want to be confident and they, get into that state of mind and, you know, bring their thumb and finger together or whatever enough times, all they need to do is bring their thumb and finger together and voila, they have that state of mind. So it's, it's um, playing those games, you know, and there's so many different games you can, you can Mm -hmm. do. So one of the areas that I've found really like super helpful with clients is sometimes clients take themselves super seriously and they, they get into judgment of themselves if they're, they're not um, performing the way they think they should or changing as fast or as easy as they think they should. And that, that they can uh, really sabotage things because they're really hard on themselves or they get really intense about things or they have a very limited scope. They kind of put in a box what's supposed to happen. And if it doesn't fit in that box, then it's either great or it's terrible. And so I found it really helpful to teach people playfulness around this. And and it it could happen in all kinds of ways, but if we can give them like even crack a joke or have them do something different um, physically with their body, then it can really help to give them perspective on, on learning. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I think even though you're in a small office, oftentimes, you know, getting people up and moving is is really helpful. And um, also, it's important to me when I work with people to be able to laugh at myself so they can laugh at themselves, you know, and telling them stories about how I did something that, uh, you know, was actually now funny to me, but at the time seemed tragic so that they can they can see that they actually live through it. Right. So we're, we're giving them other people's experiences and stories about other people. So they see like, Hey, life doesn't have to have to be the way that I thought it had to be. Exactly. And, you know, and again, back to getting up and moving, like with a weight client, you know, if they haven't exercised all week, getting them up and, you know, having them follow you out the door and they're walking. And maybe you play games as you go and you go fast, you go slow. Uh, sometimes I'll walk along and if it's a, uh, a street with not much traffic, I'll have them uh, walk the yellow line. And then I'll say, okay, now pretend like this is 20 feet higher. And are you going to walk across it? And they'll say, oh, no, or whatever. And then I'll say, you know, it's sort of interesting perceptions you know, you had this perception, it was so hard to walk. And actually, it was just simply walking out the door, giving them information as we walk Mm -hmm. and uh, being playful along the way, and uh, asking them questions and getting them into being playful. 
and maybe you take one umbrella step as you're walking across the street or whatever you choose to do. But yeah, definitely. I think play the power, there is a power of play and uh, it certainly works well in hypnosis and NLP. Yeah. And you're reminding me of um, when you talk about the, the yellow line as a kid, I remember playing the game of where you didn't want to step on the crack in the sidewalk. Remember that game? Break your mother's yeah. back. Yeah. And and it, it almost that that remembering that that experience from being a kid makes you feel more kid-like and playful. So helping people access that, you know, innocent eye, the childlike experience can can be really helpful too. Right. And then coming back, you know, they've learned that that, hey, this is no big deal, and I can do this. And uh and I think that's important is the, the idea of doing as much as we can, I think is really, really good in teaching lessons. If they're, you know, like if I, if people are in a group, I might do an activity where they, um, they have to interact with, with each other and see who's the one that's outgoing and who's the shy one and who's the one that's helping bring people together. And, you know, like a people scavenger hunt or something mm. like that. We've talked before about how, actually the value of, you know, juggling with, you know, plastic sacks and what you learn about your, your people and what they learn just by playing that game. I think about Erickson's, um, my voice goes with you. And there's a story in there about uh, how many ways can you get out of this room, you know, and, and the person isn't using their imagination very well. And so I would do that with different people who just were sort of stuck. You know, we'd get to a point and I'd say, okay, Ronnie, tell me, tell me five ways you can get out of this room and you can't walk. And usually they'll, you know, they'll get stressed because they're already overwhelmed with their situation maybe. And, and I'll be playful and joke with them a bit. And then they'll think, oh, well, I guess I could somersault out or I could skip out or come up things like that. And then I might say, okay, let's just say the the door is padlocked shut. How are you going to get out? And they'll look around and think, well, I could get up on the chair and go through the ceiling and go, you know, and they start using their imaginations. And then I'll say, okay, so let's just talk about your situation. Let's think of, you know, some creative ways you could uh, move forward here and be playful about it. And oftentimes, uh, they, they come up with great ideas of what's next and keeping them focused on the outcome, of course. And I've even, you know, with a ball played where I'd throw the ball back and forth to someone. I remember this one uh, woman, I was throwing it back and forth to her and uh, where I was asking her questions and she came up with this answer and I repeated it and she says, that's brilliant. And I said, you just said it, you know, it's just like they're out of their, you know, conscious mind and they have that information it's just that they're not accessing it sometimes so you know just simple things can uh really make a difference sometimes yeah so it helps people make connections in a different way and they also get more confident because they see hey if i can think of these ways to escape this room what else could i do and and they're in that frame of mind yeah you know i remember having um one guy who was pretty grumpy all the time and uh, I, I went. I brought a joke book uh, to the waiting room, and his assignment was that he had to 
find a good joke and come and tell it to me before a session. And we'd laugh, we'd have a good time. And it would just really change that pattern in him. And he started buying joke books, you know, but, you know, just doing different things just to, you know, look at who is this person and uh, what's going to get them more comfortable in making a change. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, there's hundreds of ideas, you know, I have had some clients who, let's say they're stuck, maybe they feel like really stressed out and overwhelmed and they feel really bogged down in that. I'll have them like get out their phone and find online. They can just find like their favorite music or maybe it's in their playlist. So I'll have them put on their favorite music and dance to it. And if they're not comfortable uh-huh. dancing in front of me, I'll just leave the room and I'll say, okay, you go ahead, have your dance party. <laughs> and they see how That's when great. they do that, it feels better. Right. Yeah. And they have to move. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I have clients yeah. who are into singing and music. And so I'll have them sing for me and it makes them feel better. Yeah. So I, I, I tend to utilize whatever they are into. That's what I, you know, the, the, the direction I've gone, but I, I love some of your ideas there. I'm going to, I'm going to steal those Marge. Yeah. I like yours too. So it's, it's just, uh, I think play just is a great way of, uh, of learning and easier than, you know, pushing a point, you know, and, and putting someone under pressure if they, they don't get it right away. And that's the other thing I, I like to do, and I'm sure you do it too, is I love to give homework. You know, I always give people homework, like a woman I'm work with, working with now, she's a nurse in upper state New York. She's uh, on disability right now because she hurt her arms. And she was a former client of mine in California. And she was stressed out and bored and unhappy with herself. And so anyway, I thought, I said, you know, what, what do you like to do? What are you missing? And she had never finished her bachelor's degree and she wasn't that far off. And so I challenged her to start working on her bachelor's degree. And she just got it like a week ago. And it was only a matter of you know, six weeks or something, but she had the time. And then I talked to her about, well, what other things do you like? And she says, I like fiber arts. And I said, okay, this week I want you, I know you've hurt your arm. So, you know, talk to your physical therapist or your doctor, but can you go ahead and do some knitting? And so she started doing it. And she, over the period of a week, she was able to make this cool hat and she got really excited about that. And it actually helped her with their arms. Hmm. So, you know, they're, you know, it's just giving people homework assignments, moving them towards what they really want that they've stopped doing is, is powerful, I think. And just reminding people of, you know, the extraordinary people they are and all the cool things they already know, or that they can integrate into the next stage of their life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my very first NLP teachers, their names were Janet and Jonathan Kramer, and they used uh-huh. to call it home play, not homework. Oh, <laughs> oh good idea. I like yeah. it. But, but it is fun. And it's also giving them accountability that they're going to bring it back and show it to you or whatever that is. And, um, you know, helping them move in that direction. Uh, actually in any program they have is, I think it's good to to have some home play. 
Yeah, for sure. And so sometimes we're we're drawing on what they're already interested in. And sometimes we need to give them an experience where they realize, hey, I can have fun. Or like the guy who was all grumpy, all of a sudden he was yeah. like, hey, I love reading jokes. And it yeah. feels good to laugh. And so there's a lot of discovery of like what mood feels good and that they can actually yeah. get into that mood. Right, exactly. Another really fun thing I find to do is to get people to remember like maybe a movie they really love oh, yeah. or a TV show they really love. And, and when they, they tell you about it or what they love about it, they get in the mood they're in when they're watching it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And also just uh, the art of modeling or the importance of modeling people that already have that skill is playful in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember, um, I don't know if I told you this, I had a a woman who I worked with years ago and she always reminded me of someone, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And she, she was, uh, she would, she was actually a school nurse and she would, um, she sat and stood so erect and she was, uh, slender and she'd, she had these different mannerisms and even her voice was distinct. And then I watched a movie. It was desk set with Catherine Hepburn. And I went back the next Monday and I said, you know, Pat, you remind me of Catherine Hepburn. And she goes, she's my hero or something like that. And she had the mannerisms her voice. And, you know, it's funny how we model uh, even uh, subconsciously, but, how modeling people that already have a skill uh, helps a lot in moving in the direction of, of your dreams because you start doing things that you wouldn't do normally. You're getting yourself out of your regular patterns. I think there's so many great ideas here. So whether you're brand new to hypnosis and you want to change yourself, start with getting into your really fun, curious mood. And that will help you learn whatever you want to learn next. And just that is hypnotic. And if you are a hypnotist, there's some great ideas here for you. And if you want to learn more about how hypnosis training can help you, go to hypnosistrainingcanada.com. We have lots of free resources there. And you can also set up a time for a free consultation to see if this training is a good fit for you. So thanks so much, Marge. Yeah, it was fun talking with you, Robbie. We are now bringing you a new podcast every two weeks. Next time, we are welcoming a mystery guest. Join us to learn more about how hypnosis can help you make your life better. Remember to click the button to subscribe, share the podcast with a friend, and we would love for you to leave us a review so you can help others benefit from the podcast too. Until next time. You've been listening to The Hypnosis Show with Robbie Spear Miller. Tune in next time to learn more about how you can change your life with hypnosis. And if you are interested in learning more about training opportunities, go to hypnosistrainingcanada.com and schedule a free consultation. 